if you're a, a black person who grows up around a bunch of white kids and you get taught to hate a lot of stuff about yourself or you get asked about this, or you're a walking stereotype or whatever, or conversely, if you are a white person in a predominantly black or brown space and like that, that happens, like you learn to take these experiences, synthesize them through your lens and then understand how you can leverage them to your advantage down the line, I feel like. So the totality of those experiences are who we are. Welcome back to You're Such a Catch. I'm Erin, your favorite single friend who's willing to try anything to find love. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm out here speed dating, messaging men on the Nextdoor app. I'm willing to hire a plane to fly over the beach with my phone number. Mm-hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. Ah, <laughs> uh, You guys, I have a fun guest on today to take us home in 2020. Yes, that's right. This is the last episode of this wild year to remember, but for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Before we get to it, if you don't want to go without me during this holiday break, you want just a little bit more Aaron in your life, consider joining YSC Unfiltered. You guys, it's kind of like an OnlyFans, but instead of nudes, you're getting videos, audio, writing from my bare soul. (laughs) It's raw, it's honest, and it's unedited. Your pledge of as low as $5 a month helps offset the cost of production and editing fees to make your Such a Catch podcast possible. To do this, visit www.yoursuchacatch.com backslash unfiltered. And while you're on that device, if you haven't already, please subscribe to your Such a Catch podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever podcast player you tune in on. And feel free to follow me on social media at You're Such a Catch. You'll definitely want to creep on my social media this week so you can put eyes on GQ, who's today's guest. Yes, we crushed a boomerang back in 2018 together. Throwback. <laughs> GQ is the host of the Travel Guides podcast, an all-around great guy, and an open book just like moi. GQ is here today to discuss interracial dating, answer some of those juicy questions you ladies wrote in, and to give us some additional insights on the male psyche. Yes, soak it up, ladies. Pen and paper. Let's go. I have a lot of dude listeners. I always talk as if I'm talking to a female. Right. But, like, the people that engage with me the most are men. And, like, they're black men, which is, like, funny. But, like, also, like, everybody knows, like, you know, I'm all about the chocolate. So, So maybe they think they can, like, slide in there. I don't know. But, yeah, like, it's just funny. I just never anticipated men listening and engaging as much as they do. But maybe they like it just like why I want you on because people like to know – the other side, like the mm-hmm. other perspective, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I, I mean, it's probably insights also. That's like the, a big, a big thing. Cause like guys don't know necessarily what a lot of guys don't know what girls want or what they're thinking. I don't and believe like, that. I've had that discussion on like several levels. I don't know when that belief changes for women. Cause dude, you go, all you grow up hearing is how dumb guys are and how they have no idea what women want. And now you can't tell the difference between this. You can't tell if she's faking it. You can't tell if she's, you can't tell if she's reading, she's dropping hints and all that stuff. And I'm definitely somebody, I don't even try to read hints. Like, I refuse. Oh, okay, so then where does that lend you? Lends me to somebody who's going to speak her mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't, I'm 
like that. I mean, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. I mean, I think too, like you grow up thinking like there's all these games. People are like, oh, if you do this, like he's going to fall hard for you or whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day, I don't know. I mean, maybe I had time when I was younger, but now I'm like, oh, it's a lot of work to play a game and like, you know, pretend I'm in the queen's gambit trying to move my rook forward and not get taken out by your queen or whatever. I don't know. It's too hard. Yeah. I prefer to just keep it straight up. I'm a very, I pride myself on being an honest guy, probably too honest. And just like, but I am who I am. Okay. So tell me then when you date, what is your approach? Then how do you, how do you meet women? Do you meet women on apps? No, for me, I mean, honestly, in terms of meeting women, I prefer in real life. I, I was on the apps for like a, for a little bit and it just wasn't my feng shui. I got catfished. Once. Tell me. It was like, it was like, how do you know? It was like catfish light. It wasn't like, it wasn't she, like, it wasn't a dude. It was like, it was a, it was a woman, but she was just like, she hit me with the, with the upper angle. So when I showed up, she was just to be blunt, a lot bigger than what she portrayed. And so mm. I was just like, oh, okay. And she was still like pretty in the face and everything, but it was just not what as as advertised and so i was like okay so I was interesting like, this is that's a ballsy move though like i'm surprised i'm just wondering as a female like i'm strategic about what pictures i post right, right? but i do post a couple body shots because i want the man to know i don't just eat kale i like a <laughs> cheeseburger you know like right. i'm like a customer of your beer so i'm going to give that information up front so that's interesting, though. Like, that that's ballsy on her part to to show up. Yeah. I mean, you know, but okay. And so how did you handle that? Uh, I mean, I stayed for, for a beer and then, but I, was, uh, I wasn't interested. So I just, I stayed for a beer. I was nice and I, like, left. And so apparently. What was that language that you used when you left? Um, I'm just curious. Nothing. I just, at the end of the day, you know, I don't think you have to be cruel to someone to let them know that you're not interested. And so I agree. I knew. She knew what she was doing. I knew what had been, what had happened. But I mean, we stayed for ten dollar drink, and and then I walked right back to my place and was like, "Well, see you never." So I was like, <laughs> "It's all good." But yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a mean person necessarily. It's just all about. I I, I try to truly treat people the way I want to, the way I'd like to be treated. So I, I, or how I'd like them to treat like my sister or, or whatever. But I, I think from the apps, I, they just, they just weren't really my function way. I met, I met some, some girls off of there, but I was only on there for a hot second. Like probably all in all, I was off and on. I'd say all in all, I was on there for two months max. And then I just prefer in real life and, yeah. and being able to feel that magnetism. Like when you see somebody to be like, okay, like I want you, or I can see you like looking at me. I'm very much. I'm weird about approaching because I have I have a female dominated family. I have a lot of like girlfriends and they have the, the benefit of that is they put you on a lot of game. So they've let me know like I've been with them when guys have been texting them and they're like, why would she would leave me alone? Like, why? But they don't tell him that. So it's like, how is he supposed mm. to know that you don't want to talk to him if you don't tell him that you don't want to talk to him? So I've developed a bit of a phobia of being someone who's giving someone unwanted attention. And so that just manifests itself in me sitting my ass back and not doing anything. 
Oh, interesting. I mean, that's just wild because so I always think it's great when a guy has a sister. I feel like my brother is very close with me. Like, you know, we've just always been super tight growing up and still to this day, like he looks after me, but he's like my younger brother. And then like also he is so great, like with my mom. And so I look at him and how he like treats women and how he is in his relationships and that's like an attractive quality, right? Because it's, oh, he respects his mom. He has this great relationship with his sister. It's so cool. That's what you look for. So for like you who has sisters and like, obviously like also like on social media, you post about your mom, like, you know, that type of thing. Like people who are proud of like those strong relationships and those strong bonds, like you guys are the catches. <laughs> and, you're tell- and you're telling me now that you're like sitting back because you're watching all this happen and you're like, oh, I don't know what move to make or whatever, you know, yeah. it's, it's funny. We just, we're the beneficiaries of a lot of information. If you learn, like they will tell you there. I've been schooled by my mom from, I can remember, I think she gave me the first bit of advice on how to crush on a girl in like second grade. And she gave me like some cupcakes to go give her and something. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, this is, this is, this is the way. So, but I think they just like by listening and observing, there's a lot of things that like they like that I don't do. And there's a lot of things that like, I like that they aren't, you know what I mean? So it's, I like my family's, the women in my family are, somewhat high maintenance, I would say. I typically, I like a girl who has that gear, but I prefer somebody who is lower maintenance, somebody who can, who's down to do whatever. I don't have to talk her into, if I'm like, hey, let's go hiking, like in the in the woods or something, I don't need her telling me about how it's going to mess up her nails or her whatever, how she needs to do it, whatever. I just don't, just, just say yes. Let's, let, let's come on. I'm trying to share an experience with you. Don't give me an excuse. Let's just come on. And I'll do the same with you. I'm all about like reciprocity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So with that being said, then, do you prefer a woman who's more natural or yes. like you want somebody? Who, oh, you do. OK, yes. so t- tell me more. Tell me more about that, because I think as women, too, especially in L.A., it might be different over in Florida. But in L.A., there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way, to be a certain like status. You got to have like all the extra hair. And I do, I I have Phyllis in. I mean, Phyllis is like my best friend and I do love her, but I I don't have a lot of Phyllis. I just have a little Phyllis. It's like hair and nails and like for us paler folk, spray tans and like, you know what I mean? Like you go through all these things and that's been very interesting to me during the pandemic because our salon shut down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you're like, holy shit, like I've got a unibrow and a mustache and I'm like, now what? But I'm, I'm trying to meet a man and I'm like, but it's a different way. But now it's kind of like, it is what it is. Take it or leave it. I mean, I think for me personally, like I've always liked natural women. So before it was cool and before guys said that they liked it, but really like IG chicks and like all that. I just, I prefer to know what I'm getting. And that's just really what it is. I also feel like just from a, kind of a level playing field like you got we don't have a lot of enhancements guys i think now guys are starting to get like the the hair like the the full toupees and like there and i think i think y'all deserve that you know i think that y'all, i think that I think y'all deserve I think, I think that's good for them and guys are starting to get like liposuction so they can get like abs and stuff shout out to drake on that there's a lot of guys who are doing stuff during taking the the uh, uh, matters into their own hands and and paying for it, which uh, you know I think I think it levels the playing field. I just that's nothing I would do, but I'm not in their position, so I can't I can't judge. So me personally, yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for big, wild, curly hair. That's always been like mm-hmm. I just love it. And then yeah, like no makeup, like you can wear it, 
because I like I definitely want you to have that have that gear. But like natural beauty has always been something that I've been wildly attracted to. I think from a plastic surgery standpoint, I struggle with it. I try not to judge. And if, if somebody has had like a, somebody's been teased their entire life about their nose, for instance, and that, that's something they want to change, like, you know, live your life. But like Kylie, Kylie, I feel like is the poster child for plastic surgery. Like she looks like two completely different people, but she looks good now. So I'm like, if right. I met her now, would I pull mm-hmm. up? Probably. You know, like, yeah. if, but there would be something that would be off for me that wouldn't sit right because I'd be like, I don't know what my kids would look like, but come out looking totally different. Now they have a complex or they got it. So it's different if like you met somebody who was like that, but you didn't, they weren't a public figure. So you didn't know what they looked like before. And I think as like a society, we've been socialized into being very accepting of like fake boobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think like outside of that, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm kind of cool. Like, it's just, I think mm-hmm. I get it. If maybe I think a lot of it is something that that comes up in conversation with, with women I date is like after kids and stuff like that. And if you wanted mm-hmm. to do a little something, it's like, that's, that's fine, whatever. But I mean, hopefully that would be a, it would be something that you would want and it wouldn't be forced on you. And that would be, I don't know. It's a lot of personal choice, but for me, I prefer more natural, at least like when we're getting to know each other and during the courtship. Okay. So one thing that stood out to me and I don't know, like, again, LA is like a different world, right? Because everybody just has the same lips that, you know, I mean, even I'm not saying me, but like, you know, you go out and you're in the sceney places and you're like, oh, kind of everybody looks like, right. Everybody's, you know, seeing the same spray tanner and da 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 da. But there was this article, and I can't exactly place the timeline on it, but there was a guy who married this woman, and he didn't know that she had all these procedures done, right? And so they had kids together, and their kids came out looking vastly different. Right. And he actually is suing her. Yeah. I was like, oh, whoa, like, that's so crazy. But I mean, I guess I you don't think about that because I mean, I guess I wasn't. But you're right that it happens more on the female side than the male. I mean, there's not a ton. Like, there's not a whole lot the guys can do. But I think that's why I feel bad for short guys. Oh I mean, can God. we take a minute to just give the short men some love? Short guys and beardless men. They are the most beardless. Yes. People. Really? Things that guys cannot change. If somebody is on my short kings, if they are five seven, they can't they can't change. They're working with what they got. It is what it is. There's some guys who are forty years old and can't grow a beard. Beards are cool now. Chicks are turn them down because they you look like you look like a little boy. Like um, I'm looking for a mountain man, and I feel for them. But I think also women have been subjects of unrealistic expectations for years as well. So maybe the pendulum is just swinging. But have we? Have we? I mean, you know. <laughs> I will say, though, I, I have pushed on that because growing up in the boy band era, there was a lot of talk of like the Christina Aguilera's, the Britney Spears putting pressure on middle school girls and, and high school girls. No one talks about all these grown ass men in boy bands who are shirtless with abs and grown man bodies and the, the instincts, the 98 degrees, the ushers, the all of them. They don't talk about that. Their, their pictures were up in. Chicks lockers as well. That was when I knew I made a very strong decision at the age of 11. I was like, okay, I got to have abs. Like, this is, this is something that, this is what the women want. Which is funny because <laughs> I also see your food posts and I'm like, I think that's just straight genetics because nobody Absolutely. can eat that many waffles with all that syrup and butter and have abs. Absolutely not. I'm the only person in my family with abs. 
I was like, I'll tell you that. So what are you eating the rest of the time? You're you're that guy that eats kale. Yeah, absolutely. I'm vegetarian and a pescatarian right. for 90% of my life. And then for the time during the weekend, like the one meal that I want to... That you post on Instagram? Yeah. Instagram's not reality. You know this. I, I'm learning today. <laughs> learning today <laughs> this is a wild lesson yeah. oh my god i mean yeah no shades of truth shades of truth do i am i able to travel and have people pay for it absolutely and do i love a strong short stack of, of pancakes with all the fixings 1000 percent. am i doing that all the time no not even close so but it's but i think like it's all about balance i have i've been lifting since i was 14 years old so i mean i have a solid base. And then on top of that, like I eat better than a lot of people. 90% of the do you, time. Do you cook? Do you cook yeah. for yourself? Okay. Mm -hmm. What is a typical meal for you? Like a dinner? What are you making for dinner tonight? Probably like a little, a little fish, a little cod, lemon pepper cod with some broccoli and brown rice. Mm. I'm always impressed by that. I am like, who am I door dashing tonight? <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, I am a terrible cook, so I cannot, like, tout that on my profile or, like, when I meet a man, if he's like, oh, do you like to cook? I am just straight up and honest. I'm like, no, I can make a mean reservation. I can get takeout and put it on real plates. Yeah, like, you know, but then, it, but then if I do cook a meal, it like, it doesn't come out terribly bad. Right. Like, they're always really impressed. So it, it, you kind of got to set that bar really, really low. So then when you do show up, they're like, oh, right. look at her. And I'm more like, disappointment. Yeah, that low right? expectation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Too funny. Okay, so how many abs do you do a day? I work out four, four times a week, like lift probably four times a week. And I do heavy, heavier weights. They're like, um, like I started doing complexes because I stopped going to the, to the gym. So I'll end up doing seven sets of 10, but it'll be like front squat, then over rows, or, uh, Romanian deadlifts. And then like buys and tries. And I'll just do that like with lighter weight than I normally would, but it'll be 70 reps of all of them and I'll be cooked at the end. So that's helped. But How do you get your abs out of that? Your Is that saying really true? No, like abs I, are I mean, made in the kitchen? Okay. Well, how many? I, I, I just want to know what I need to like shoot for, <laughs> what my goals are in 2021. If I don't even need an app. I mean, maybe if I could sprout one, that would be great. But if I just had a little bit of a flatter stomach, so nobody like looked at me and was like, oh, she's drinking. She kind of looks pregnant. What is she doing? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so, all diet. That's all diet. I know, which I'm not abs good are, at. Okay. You're made in the kitchen. Yeah. That saying is true then. Yeah, it's brown rice and fish. Okay. And broccolini. On repeat. That's the thing that people don't like. That's honestly part of why I stopped training people. Was because people will oh, lie. Oh, you were a trainer. I used to. People will lie to your face. Lie to your face. Like, I always. I tell the truth to your face, but I'll tell you the <laughs> truth. I'll be like, I rip seven tequila shots and then I ordered Taco Bell to be delivered to my door and I ate 19 packages of sauce with it. And that is totally fine the first time. If <laughs> every time you're doing it, if you're, then that's, that's a, that's a, that's a decision and you're not really serious and I don't have the time. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to, to do that i've lost 20 pounds like several times in my life so i understand like what it what it happened what happens like where it goes it's the consistency but that's what people that's what bores people it is mm. lean meats fruits vegetables water and whole grains running once or twice like two to three times a week lifting 
two to three times a week on repeat for months. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem with the working out. I, I show up for my don't. workouts. Yeah, I love my workouts. I look forward to my workouts. And when I'm not working out, I have my Peloton. I've had a broken foot all of quarantine. I'm oh still God. working out like on my broken foot. I see the surgeon in January, so that'll be fun. But yeah, I mean, it, but the eating is tough. If if I could cook, I, yeah. But you like YouTube, you cook you for Pinterest, me. You, you got too. everything, man. You got oh, geez, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. No excuse. No excuse. Yeah, there, there really aren't. There really aren't aren't oh my god shoot okay so do you keep this lifestyle up when you're traveling i try to mostly yeah yeah i mean so what so what do you do just make good choices at the restaurant or do you actually prepare food like you get food and oh okay i always take snacks i had a horrible horrendous experience in india and where i was just like i was just getting like poison the whole time it was like it was all bad there i I had the same experience i went to mumbai and i i was sick the entire time Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like I was living off of Pringles, Biscoff cookies, granola bars for 10 days. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Going into it, you didn't do any. I I feel like I got shots and stuff before I I went. And then I wish I would have gotten those pills that coat your stomach because I have a sensitive stomach to begin with. Mm -hmm. But they told me, like, don't eat from anywhere but like the hotels and don't eat, drink any of the water unless right. like they had given it to us but i'll tell you what when you get sick off curry and then you come down that elevator in the morning and there's 25 different kinds of curry you just yeah it's all bad it's all <laughs> it's bad, all bad. I yeah need to go it took back. me a I long time because mm-hmm. i had a terrible experience there mm, yeah yeah maybe now not now though <laughs> <laughs> maybe wait a yeah. while but oh yeah, my goodness. Typically I'll try to I just try to make good choices. I will have I will I live my life. But I will typically like especially if I'm gonna be somewhere where like I'm not gonna have a shirt on, like I'll diet pretty heavy, heavily or get like really tight on my diet before I go, just so everything is I can just go. Like I my base is probably two fifteen, two twenty. So if I can be like at two thirteen, then I can very easily just go ahead and eat whatever I want for the for the duration of the time and then i'll leave around that like 220 mark i am like so impressed that there is so much thought and preparation and planning that goes into this a lot of flicks happening man you gotta be you gotta be ready Jeez, you gotta make sure the old yeah. popping for the flicks. oh my god and who takes all those photos of you it just depends who I'm random with. people yeah oh no well i'm a i'm a timer warrior so as, as long as you got a phone or, or a camera then you can set it to three seconds you can get you can get the shot that you need with the flamingos? No, that was a random person. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, shout out to that random person. I mean, I, yeah, they nailed it. It was a bartering system. It. I had I had given them a lot of heat before I asked them to to get me together. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> okay, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about dating right. outside your race and what this year has taught you. I mentioned to you, I have had like asked so many people to kind of chat about this topic with me and a lot of people said no. Right. <laughs> it's it's a sensitive topic and I'm just curious your thoughts and and how you feel going into the new year after everything that's happened this year. Why did they say no? Personally, I think because depending on what you say, I mean, people are going to have an opinion, right? And right. and I just think it's a sensitive topic and not everybody is ready to share their innermost thoughts, especially on something like this. 
just yet, you know? I mean, I even struggled in the beginning because I've always been somebody to date outside my race. I've always been somebody to date primarily Black men. And so, um, you know, I looked back, like I used to, before I had a podcast, I used to only blog about my dates and stuff. So I'd write it out and I distinctly remember this man who actually, it's funny, he recently found me how you think about somebody and then like you haven't talked to them in a very long time and then they like come out of the woodwork and you're like, yeah. yeah. So he recently found me on Instagram, but I do equate like a lot of my knowledge for just learning about black culture and that type of stuff, like the differences in, in some of the kind of things that I don't want to call them myth is not the right word, but you know, you, you, you have a certain upbringing, right? Yeah. And I grew up in a very conservative place. So it's kind of funny that here I am. I grew up in this, you know, pretty small town. And then I I, I moved at 17, went to college, okay. went to a private school. There were okay. four black people in okay. in my college, okay? They were all from Africa. They were from Canada. Oh yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> You best believe it. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was my first time I dated a man from from straight up Kenya. I learned a little bit of Swahili. Sasafiti, Taku, Chapa. Yeah. That means I'll beat you. (laughs) I love learning about people and culture. And so this man that I met, I met this man on Tinder a few years ago, but okay. but our dates were, I, I kid you not, we would sit in my backyard. I have the fire pit and, and we would have a couple cocktails and he would just tell me what it's been like for him. And I wrote this blog post about my experience with him and, and granted we were not a match for for other reasons but right. i really love that time and just like hearing what it's been like for him to grow up in southern california and the different challenges he's been faced with and and i've always had a lot of black friends too like one of my trainers is a black man and i'll never forget one day he was running late to my training session Right. And um, he got pu- he got pulled over and oh. he, he called me and he said, Aaron, he said, I need you to stay on the phone with me. He's like, one, I'm going to be late. Don't be mad. And then he said, I just need you to be on the phone with me because I'm getting pulled over. And I obviously I've never experienced anything like that. And and he was serious. Like I, I could hear it in his voice and I didn't know what to do. I felt helpless. And so then, of course, I spent several years with him in the most vulnerable ways, like, you know, doing all these different lifts and movements, but we would have these like really heartfelt conversations and he'd be like, who's the new dude? What's going on? Like, you know, type deal. So yeah, I mean, this year has brought a lot of that to the surface, but for people who haven't dated outside their race or haven't taken the time to get to know people outside of their close-knit community, it's been eye-opening, right? Yeah. So I think I would say so. I think, so just for me specifically, like I grew up with everybody and I've dated everybody, but I've learned that like kind of the perception of who I'm interested in has, has changed over time. There is, if you typically, if you, when you were growing up, if you looked at a white girl and you like, you know, if, mm-hmm. if they're even regardless of whatever other diversity was there. And then I think when I got to, when I got to college, then I started leaning pretty heavily, like black and brown from a, serious dating standpoint even though i was very open it just i just found that i had more in common with from a background standpoint with those with those people and then i think like with 2020 i talked to one white woman for a little bit and i remember it was during around the time 
of Mike Brown and like Eric Garner and all that stuff, which is a carbon copy of what happened in 2020 and 2015, Mm -hmm. 2014, whatever. And then it just, but it didn't have the same impact. So long story short, uh, she said some all lives matter shit. And I was like, you're done. Mm-hmm. I just got, I was like, in my mind, I was like, there's no way that that would be anything I could deal with because you're out. And I, and that same feeling was resurrected in 2020 where you see all these things. And I, I fast forward, I have a lot of friends who are not a lot. I have some friends who are in like interracial marriages and interracial relationships and all this stuff. And I cannot imagine being in a space where you are watching someone who looks like you get killed on on repeat on every news outlet gruesomely and then having that happen day after day week after week and then go home and then to somebody who is like oh well it can't be that bad like i mean he probably what did he do to deserve that what like i mean this is no, this is obviously they're making a bigger deal then is what about the looting? What about the rioting? Oh, it's just Harris. Like who? What about the person who they just killed? Who they just who? Who gives a damn about the Samsungs <laughs> and the videos? When somebody hit, when somebody's dad has just been murdered, when somebody's son, when somebody's brother, when somebody's coworker, somebody's friend has just been killed, and by the people who you are taught are supposed to serve and protect you. So I have had a healthy distrust of cops, like the majority of Black people for my entire life. I definitely received the the talk. I think what happened in 2020 was a lot of white people got invited to the to the talk that a lot of black kids get. Mm-hmm. And that there was a lot of things that like it wasn't news to us. Yeah. But it was news to the rest of people that when you get when you turn 16, like my parents had me sign a contract that said I would not drive without my license. I would not drive under the influence of anything and I would make it home if I got pulled over. Mm-hmm. By I was 16 years old. So wow. I was very, and I mean, uh, shortly, a few months after I got, I got racially profiled for the first time because we lived in a nicer neighborhood and this cop like ran through the checklist of everything that like could have possibly been wrong that mm-hmm. I was not doing. Like I was, I was very compliant and I lived around the corner and he was like, finally, he was like, okay, well, I'll let you go this time with a warning. And I was like, a warning for what? And he was like, don't don't talk back to me. And then he pulled off and I walked home or I uh, drove home. And when I pulled up, I walked in and my mom was gardening. And I remember I was like, I think I was just racially profiled. And without even skipping a beat, she was like, oh, yeah, that happens. And then just kept on rolling. And I was just like, oh, this is like very common. So, I mean, I've witnessed a lot of I've witnessed incidents of police brutality over time and, and all these things that I've lived this life for 30 plus years. And so to have somebody invalidate your experience totally based on anecdotal experience that is not in any way aligned to the issue at hand Mm -hmm. is wildly insulting. Yeah. And that's, I've had some white friends, some of my white friends who have become like fierce allies. And I've had some who have gone the total opposite direction. Interesting. Yeah. I can no longer interact with those people the same way. Yeah, well, I I would 
Yeah, I think so. That so, and these are people that you had been friends with for for years, yes, and you you always thought they were standing on your side, or you just hadn't had those deep discussions about race and probably a mixed bag. I typically have low expectations for a lot of people, and I say that because I think a lot of people are they don't think holistically; they think in one to one interactions. So I think that there's a real possibility that somebody can look at you and say, Aaron's, Aaron's cool. I like Aaron, but like all these other blondes are stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that's a really, that's a real way of how these things can, can happen. And I think that's, that's a, honestly a reality that a lot of black people have been living through, living with a lot of Latinos have been living through a lot of Muslims have been living through a lot of women have been living through where people will, pulled them out as like you were i deem you worthy of mm-hmm. my respect but the rest of them absolutely not and i think that's what came to fruition a lot of times and a lot of people a lot of people have conditional empathy like their empathy is only it only goes as deep as their circle if if i can't see somebody who is if i don't know somebody who's gay mm-hmm. then why would i care about gay marriage right? right why would i care about lgbtq rights because in my mind that's them over there that's yeah. not that's not my brother-in-law. That's not my cousin. That's not my sister. That's not this person. It's, that is them. That is this is not my issue. I do not care. Mm-hmm. That's how people treat COVID. You know what I mean? If they don't if they don't know somebody who's been directly impacted, it, they're out there <laughs> going about life normally. Um, exactly. You know. So so going back to again my upbringing, just growing up in this small community and stuff. Like I had zero experience with anybody gay or you know lesbian. Like growing up, I just didn't. And then like I told you, I went to private school, and then I started my job that actually brought me to LA, and I met the most amazing person in the entire world. He is now my gay husband and I, I love him to death. And now I like, it's so funny. Like I can attract, if I could attract a straight man, like I tr- <laughs> can attract a gay dude. Oh, this girl would be who, you know, um, <laughs> we, we wouldn't even have a podcast cause we have nothing to talk about. Cause yeah, or maybe we'd have a lot more to talk about, right, but absolutely. seeing him in his dynamic and in, in his relationship and, and he's married, he's married to a man. I mean, he's also married to me, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I learned so much. And again, I think it just takes an open mind. I wanted to know everything. But this Bruh. is the this is the beauty about someone like yourself, too, who is an open book, who's willing to share these, um, you know, stories and these hardships and these challenges about the time we're in. But it's not just the time we're in. This has been your entire life. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's hard for people to understand. People are like, whoa, this year's been heavy. This year has had all these things going, but this has been going on. Just people are time. have their blinders up. And I think that honestly affects like how much I feel for the people who are having these like great awakenings because I'm like, you've chosen to be oblivious. As in my mind. Like that is where you you've had these the, these people have existed. Black folks are not new. Like we've been here. <laughs> since they let us off the ships. Mm-hmm. So it's we, we've been here for a long time. Y'all just didn't care. And to have this great awakening in 2020 because we have a carbon copy of Black people getting killed that happened four years prior and nobody cared then, four or five years, is like kind of insulting. And so when people are, you know, crying when they have, I'm just kind of, whatever. Like y'all, this is- You're kind of numb to it. Yeah, like it's like, it's, we. This is this has been going on. And I think, I think honestly, like, bringing kind of the 
the kind of the racial tensions of 2020 and dating together. I had a girl when I was 12. We had a little middle school, like we were going together or whatever. And she called me one night and she was like, I can't date you anymore because my dad said that's not what we do. So like I'm 12 years old the first time that this happens. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of those types of inputs that go into how you view a mate and how like how like who you are considering like and all these things because that's something that is very real when you're dating like outside of your race is like how would your family even embrace me like if mm-hmm. i if i was there is do i even have the room to be charming because or are they going to be looking at me get this guy out of you here. already got yeah. like something going against you yeah yeah it goes the other way as well prejudice is not exclusive to any group of people sure you know it's, mm-hmm. it's honestly one of the most uniting things about America. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> so, sadly. You know, people have their individual prejudices. So I think that it would take a special, I think taking it, taking a step away from race, like it's empathy and understanding for, of each other's circumstance and situation, and then respect for each other, other's culture. That's the, the biggest thing above all the things. Yeah, for your friends who are in interracial relationships or or marriages, I mean, I know one of my one of my mentors. I mean, I love the man to death. He is a white man, and he is married to a black woman, and they have two mixed children who are gorgeous. I mean, I I'm all about a mixed race baby. I think they're beautiful. You know what I mean? Like it's funny. Like it's so embarrassing. I was scrolling through my Instagram like explore section just just yes, yesterday with with one of my buddies, and he was like, Aaron why is your entire feed like mixed kids? And I was like, I don't know. I, like, but I'm like, I like, I love, love a mixed race baby. But not only this year, but just like he shared with me over the years, cause he knows I date outside my race a lot. And so he's just shared with me openly some of the challenges that he has in his relationship and in his marriage. And one of those being, you know, um, for his kids, they don't know who to identify with. And like, you know, do they, hang out with the white kids? Do they hang out with the black kids? And it's sad that it still comes to that. And they're just trying to embrace their identity and kind of like sort that out. But at a stage in life where like their brain hasn't even fully developed. So, um, you know, what type of things have you witnessed in your, in your friend circle and how do they deal with those? I mean, it starts, it starts early. Um, I've, I've dated a biracial girl in the, in the past and she, identified very I am biracial like I am both black and white and that was not received well by a lot of people by a lot of black folks because it was like she read she read mix but it was like but she looked black so mm-hmm. it was just like one drop rule since Jim Crow if you look like us then you are with us which is problematic in, in and of itself but I think as as like evolution continues to go and as but to your point like interracial marriages and relationships continue and there are more biracial kids everybody's on a path to look beige so like the like the the pure quote-unquote racial groups are getting watered down because the 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 manilas are growing like that there's it's not just biracial it's triracial it's quadracial like it's it's everybody everybody's just mixing up so i think it's foolish to be all the honest and this was this was definitely something that like i had to learn but I think it is foolish that people try to force someone to identify with one thing. But I think that's all part of like kind of the maturation process as well as being like accepting of yourself. Everybody's self is, is different. So like, you know, 
if you're a, a black person who grows up around a bunch of white kids and you get taught to hate a lot of stuff about yourself or you get asked about this or you're a walking stereotype or whatever, or conversely, if you are a white person in a predominantly black or brown space and like that, that happens, like you learn to take these experiences, synthesize them through your lens and then understand how you can leverage them to your advantage down the line, I feel like. So the totality of those experiences are who we are. Mm -hmm. So I think for them, a lot of it is like, some people try to, going back to your original question about like my friends who have like mixed kids or whatever, like some of them try to coach their identity and then, and try to like let them know this is how the world views you. And this is like what you are. And then others don't, they just allow the kids to be kids and to let them figure it out. I don't have a preference on what's an opinion on what works better because I mean, it's just a lot of stuff to think about. So, I mean, TMI, but I'm always spewing verbal vomit. Um, I'm 39, and so I would love to have a family. Like, I've always had it in my head since I was a wee little thing that I did want a mixed-race kid. And so now I'm at this point in my life where I'm like— Why? Wait, why? Why? Yeah, why Why did you want to mix baby that? that like, well, how did you know? How did I know? I mean, I think I just was always attracted to men with darker skin tones. And, and again, I like the culture. Like, I'm an extrovert. And I feel like this is going to sound really bad, but I don't feel like I had traditions in a culture really growing up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. one of my favorite pastimes with a man that I dated from Kenya is he would he would cook. Again, I can't cook. So he would cook me these traditional African meals. We would eat with our hands, which was like, this is so cool. And I just liked the traditions and things that he shared with me, like that his family would practice. And, and maybe that's just something that, like, wasn't present in my like growing up or whatnot, and that I've learned. And we'll also say any man that I've dated outside my race, their family has been so welcoming to me and accepted me just kind of for who I am. And I've always wanted to be that type of family that like takes in any stray at Thanksgiving or, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I just always wanted to keep my circle and expand my circle and make sure like nobody was alone. And growing up, my upbringing, it was more like, oh, we're kind of close knit. Let's just be like with our, our crew, you know? When you say darker complected men, do you mean black men or do you mean like darker complected men? I don't know that I discriminate, but I mean, I, I've primarily dated black men. One was straight up from Africa, but yeah. Right. Yeah. But then it's kind of funny too, because once you say that and you're like, your friends kind of know. So one of my first boyfriends in high school was black. I kind of went through the phases where it was almost like I equate when I talked to my gay husband, Aaron, like him coming out of the closet. I know this is vastly different, but like him coming out of the closet was like me coming out dating outside my race, because there's a lot in my time growing up, there was like a lot of judgment that was passed oh, yeah. by that and especially too like from white men knowing that you've dated they a black man they don't they, yeah, they don't <laughs> like it they don't like it but i think too like i feel very accepted by black men like i feel like my body type again we talked about how i don't really eat kale. i feel like i should stand up so you can see that i'm not like 300 pounds I over <laughs> I, I remember a little bit i remember a little bit i thought it was yeah i, th I thought it was like you had an athletic an athletic build like it looked like you had some soccer in your in your past, something like that. Oh, okay. When I was the old wee thing, yeah. But I mean, I lift too. I got a lifting routine. I I do the deads. I do the you know um, front squats. I, I do the whole thing, burpees, the, the whole nine, because I've got to work right. off the Taco Bell. But 
I mean, I think that was always nice for me to be like, I can embrace the body that I was given. Like I've got my dad's calves and my dad's booty. And I definitely did not get my mom's, my mom's very petite. And I definitely did not get that. I don't know. I felt, always felt more confident. And I also am very attracted to an alpha. As much as I am a strong, independent woman, and I will advocate for all women to be that way, there's something sexy and attractive about a man who can lead you, really. You know what I mean? I don't want to be a submissive, but I also kind of do want a man to be a man. And and I I don't see that a lot at all anymore, Um, you know? And I think being an extrovert and being somebody who has like a sales background, that can do me a lot of favors, like on a first date and stuff, especially if it's not going well, I can carry the conversation. I, you know, can adjust. And that will actually lend to kind of a negative experience because the guy will think, I had a great time when in my mind I was checked out at like minute yeah. two, but I, but I made it fun for the both of us. Right. Like, so you can also say, see you never, whenever you, whenever you leave, <laughs> I am not you there yet. And you Oh, I am not there yet, but one day I will get there. <laughs> my gosh. And then in the meantime, I just, it's a law of numbers. One day I'm going to snag a good one. And I just keep telling the universe. I mean, I've got my list. It's a unicorn. Yeah. Right. So, you know, black man. Okay. okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah, list? Okay. Say, I'm very curious. Okay. So it's black. Black man, no baby yep. mama drama. Mm-hmm. Yep. Single, <laughs> very important. Single, okay. single. <laughs> Hard to find in general. <laughs> Driven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loyal, trustworthy, and good credit. Good credit. Good credit. Yeah. Credit only matters if you don't have cash, though. Okay, well, valid point. All right, du- <laughs> duly noted, duly noted. So yeah, I just keep waiting for the universe to bring me like a retired football player, you know, because you know I'm just waiting. He's going to knock on my door one day. He's going to be lost. <laughs> <laughs> I asked that because you said something that was like kind of triggering to me, just with the timeline full of mixed babies. I, I, I cannot, I mean, I am... Whatever somebody's preference is, that's, you know, it is what it is. It's always a little bit alarming to me when someone is, I only date outside my race. And because I'm like, okay, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a, a reason why it just feels very, I just, I just, it just, I, it just always, I'm always, I'm always curious, like why? Mm-hmm. And then the mixed babies thing, it definitely makes me feel like I'm being hunted. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. <laughs> not having, not having it. You can look at whatever, but there are some, some white girls who I follow who will post it and will be like someday or something oh, like this. And uh-huh. I'm like, this feels predatory. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, I definitely don't want you to feel right. like a piece of me. Okay. So I will share you with you something very vulnerable. And this, okay. this is not something I came up with on my own. This is something my mother actually shared with oh, me. Okay. So, um, well, yeah, yeah. So, and I was like, Oh, I never considered that. So, um, I can't really pinpoint why, or like when I, I was like, like, I really would prefer a black man. And I, I do still date I want a beautiful human, you know what I mean? And and I think the older I've gotten, I've become more saposexual. I'm really into the, yeah, for sure. But when I was in high school, I was sexually assaulted and it, and it was by a white man. Uh, okay. and, and so my mom's kind of thought is that I have a negative connotation to that experience, that trauma impacted right. me so much that I'm like not into it. I've heard something which is not not great, but I've heard something similar to that. 
where it's, I just want to get as far away from this as possible. And you mentioned like the acceptance and all these things. So if this feels like a welcoming space for you, then that's where you would go. And I think, honestly, think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Isn't that weird that she, like, I've had lots of hours of therapy, but (laughs) 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 nobody else brought that up. My mom's, oh, I think it's this. And I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, but like your subconscious and like when you have an experience like that, your body really protects you. And I mean, this is like years and years and years ago. And it's something that I'm proud to say that I've worked through. And, um, you know, I I don't feel like it impacts me the the way it doesn't definitely doesn't have the, you know, same impact as it did when I was younger. I mean, is it still part of my story? Is it still what makes me who I am today? Absolutely. But, um, you know, I'm definitely not defined by it. All right. You ready for some of these tough questions? Yeah, absolutely. They're actually not tough. They're actually great. And it's funny because even though they're personal to somebody else, they can kind of be applied. And I was like putting myself in these shoes. Are these direct, what would you do type of questions? Or are they like, what are your thoughts on? Yeah, these are like, these are basically, I've got three that I that I definitely want to make sure we go through. I mean, I, I have, I think, five that I narrowed it down to, but I definitely want to cover these three. So basically it's, a woman's question, but kind of wanting the male perspective, um, you know, just a little glimpse into your psyche. So this one is for somebody who's actually in a relationship. (laughs) And her question is, how can I talk to my significant other about our slow sex life without hurting his feelings? (laughs) (sighs) I feel like sex is a lot more sensitive than people should make it because I feel like, again, I am I will say my lens is different from a lot of men's personally because I don't take a lot of things. I believe in like very open, free flowing communication. But a lot of times when people say that it comes with a double standard, like they're going to be offended if they get it, but they want to be able to speak their mind. So like I'm fine with the free exchange. That being said, I think that like sex is something that like people don't talk enough about. And they are because there's like shame that has societally been associated with it. That being said, I think that, honestly, she should just be able to openly address the issue. And I don't know. That's a little vague. So I don't know if there's a lot of factors, right? Is she initiating and he's saying no? Is she not attracted to him anymore? Is he not attracted to her? There is a lot of, are there kids involved? Is there, there are a lot of different elements that should make it more acceptable to just say this this is more logical i will take the emotion out of it and say these are the barriers that come up this is what i want do you want this how do we make this happen so personally i mean i would just if my partner felt like honestly if she felt if, if my partner felt like we weren't having enough sex and she could just you can let me know in a very easy fashion Mm-hmm. you're trying to get it in and i will nine times out of ten be like okay that, perfect you got, I, had, I had plans i don't even want to see. You know? so there's a lot of there there are a lot of things that could be paused to mm-hmm. help solve this issue so uh, my direct answer would just be like direct communication mm-hmm. and address it so it wouldn't like, be taken as an insult or you wouldn't take it personally if that was brought to you brought up to your attention i wouldn't but i mean this is a, a this is a significant other you said. So I mean, I would want to know. Like I, I mean, personally, I don't want when you don't know. This is what this is what happens. And a lot of times, people will look at cheating as like an isolated situation. But a lot of times, it's, it's a buildup over time. So if you are neglecting your partner, your partner does not let you know that they are being neglected. They seek or receive attention elsewhere, and then 
now there now there's a situation. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if you would have just said, "Hey, look, like this is how I'm feeling," then yeah, then you wouldn't have had that. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Okay, <laughs> this is to men in general. You say you like a girl to be aggressive and to text first, but when Correct. we but when we do, we get ghosted. Is that your is that your little man? Yeah. So, man. Okay, so let me ask you: If you are no longer interested in having conversation with someone, mm-hmm. and someone tells you that, are they an asshole? Okay, so if you asked me this in 2019, I would have probably had a totally different thought. But my whole motto in 2020 has been say what you mean, mean what you say, and don't ghost anybody because I don't like to be ghosted. So I would much rather you shoot me a text or whatever communication we're in and say, Aaron, we're not a match, whatever language feels comfortable. And so, you know, see you never. I mean, I... I say I ask that because I have been characterized as an asshole for being honest. Mm. And it's very, it's unsettling, to be all honest, because I'm not, I try to be kind to people, but I try to be honest because that's what I would want. Mm -hmm. And to evaluate somebody as a a rational adult and to say, hey, look, I think that we're, I think we're in two different places. I'm not really interested in doing this anymore. I think you're cool and I would like to carry on friendship if you want, but I just don't see anything romantic. And to be called an asshole for something like that, it's there's zero incentive mm-hmm. okay. to not just be like, I'm going to put you on silent and never talk to you again. Like there's, there's none. So I'm somebody who I'm true to myself. So I'm going to, I'm not going to go somebody because I would hate if somebody did me like that. But, and it's, it's happened before. But they typically, and when they come back, I'm very unforgiving. <laughs> so like, it's like, nah, go back to where you mm-hmm. were. I'm good. But it's not received well. Mm-hmm. So I would say if that for that person, if you don't want to be ghosted, make sure that you can actually hear the message mm-hmm. for what it is. Because it takes courage the same way for a dude to do it as it does a woman. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you know, I think I think one of the common themes that has come up for me lately, too, is to really have zero expectation with other people and to have a low, I don't want to say low, but, you know, like to monitor your investment level because you don't want to be too committed into something when you don't know where the other person's commitment level is. Like until you're in the situation with the person you have the conversation, right. then no use like getting so deep into it. Communication is, I've been in a relationship where there was no communication or like there wasn't the freedom to just like be and to say what you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've experienced kind of the the downside of that. And so that's just made me like radical candor is yeah. where I operate. Got it. Okay. This one's a long one. <laughs> okay. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. I've been hooking up with a guy since the beginning of the year. The sex is absolutely amazing. I enjoy his company, but I know he's not going to make a move to take things to the next level. Do I just ride the wave out until it flattens, or should I tell him that I'd like to be more than friends with benefits? Depends on where it is on the curve. If you, not to get math nerdy on you, but if you've got a bit of a graph and on the y-axis is how much you like the sex and on the X axis is how much you want the relationship. Like, where are you on the, on the grid? 
because if you if the sex is if the sex is great to where you're like I'm kind of cool like I'm just gonna I don't want to do without this because it sounds like they're not together so she's obviously well within her rights to go and seek companionship elsewhere then I would say go right ahead and do that but if it sounds like she knows that it's not going like it's gonna be a no so asking him is going to ostensibly be like shutting it down oh you know what i wish i wish i would have had these women like here for this quick <laughs> q a because there's so many follow-up questions that could help shape and form your answer that would have yeah. been that would have been great this is like you're such a catch like in 2025 okay <laughs> With live callers and shit. <laughs> All right, you want the other two or you want to call it? No, no, no. Give you me, you ready? You ready? Yeah. Okay. How do I know if a guy is really into me right now or just lonely because of the pandemic? No one knows. Mm. No one knows. No one knows, man. There's been so many quarantine babies quarantine bays quarantine engagements quarantine all all that stuff and one nobody knows what outside is going to look like when it reopens and two nobody's going to know like they haven't been existing in reality so like you have no clue Mm -hmm. what it's going to be like so you don't know but i think that we're quarantined and i had a uh, I i was in a relationship when it first started and they definitely claimed it but I was always envious of the people who were able to like quarantine with someone. Cause I think it can do is a lot of what these dating shows that everybody watches does. Like it puts you in a very, an abstract version of reality. Mm -hmm. You're in close quarters with someone. And so you have the opportunity to develop these very intense feelings for them. And I think that that's something where you can like truly get to know somebody quickly in a shorter amount of time. And then if there is a connection, then you can, go out in the world and and test it. That's probably my answer is you're going to have to test it and you're going to have to see Mm -hmm. what it's like when you're out. Because one of the main things is like seeing how someone is when you are not the only person who they can have their eyes on and, Mm -hmm. you know, what that's going to look like, how they accept attention, how they act on dates and like all that stuff, you know, what they, what they are willing to do when outside is open. Like all these things are major, major. Yeah. I love that you compared it to like these dating shows because that's so true because they don't have, I mean, aside of us having access to the outside world, the news and your phone and da da da. But other than that, like literally, yeah. And I mean, I will tell you, it is hard without somebody like when you live alone and you're like, oh, like I would have loved to, I tried, I tried to have similar, but I mean, the second he made his home office on my kitchen table with two massive monitors and was like taking over. I was like, Oh God, I, I'm I pump the brakes. I am not ready. <laughs> it was like, or something about him. Like it was, wasn't right. right. But yeah. Cause if it was the right dude. You'd be all about it. I'd be like, what, what do you, I'm, I'm on YouTube right now. I'm trying to figure out how to make an omelet. Crack what? the egg. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Here's our last question. How do I avoid always being friend zoned? I hit it off with a guy. We seem to be we seem to be having a great time together, but then he says he'd like to chill again, but not in a romantic way. My mind went shallow very quickly. Like I'm very curious. I'm like, what, what she, she looks, looks like. like. Okay. Yeah, because I think that that's something that uh, that's just the honestly like a very real motivator for not wanting to be romantic. It's just like a lack of attraction. So, but that could 
that has various layers as well. Because is she like trying to outkick her coverage? Is you know, you know, is she just does she, is she just not traditionally attractive? Or it could also be like personality as well. Mm. Like you know, or I mean, honestly, she could just be choosing the wrong dudes. So I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. She could be yeah, choosing the big, wrong dudes. Have you ever friend zoned anybody? Oh uh, yeah. I keep it chill, but I'm open and honest. I've had conversations where it's like, you know, I think you're really cool. I don't see anything romantic happening here. I think you're I have a good time with you. I think you're I think you're fun. Yeah. And if you're down, like I'm happy to not make this awkward and we can just transition to being friends. Like it's and if if they're open to that, then cool. If not, then that's fine too. But I found the world is way too small to make enemies out of out of a lot of people. So yeah, I mean, there's no need. Uh, yeah. Oh, I while we were saying that, I was like, I don't know that I get friend zoned a lot or like am in that position, but I just was kind of thinking like, is that hard being beautiful? Oh, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think I friend zone a lot of people. I believe it. Yeah. Must be really hard being popular and pretty. Oh my gosh! Oh, how do you get through the day? Oh my god, you're too funny. Uh, <laughs> you're too funny. Well, you did. I mean, you denied me. I asked you out. I mean, it was years ago. I don't think you did. I did. Look, we took a f- fucking smoking boomerang in, together. <laughs> I do remember that. I remember hey, because I remember you pulled up. We saw each other. I was, like, I was like, okay, she's cool. And then, but I was only in town for the night. And then. You adopted this alias, and from Snaggling Queen to to your podcast IG, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, this is cool. She's she's fun." Uh-huh. And then, but I never heard from the other person again. So I don't know that you, I don't know that you asked me out. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I spotted you out of a crowd. By the way, that became very quickly. I had never been before. That became very quickly my like favorite event. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh. I mean, well, one, any excuse to like drink champagne all day and also get dressed up like that. That was fun. Um, You should go to the Kentucky Derby. Oh, I would love to. And, and Whenever it's open. Kentucky's definitely going to lean forward, so they're going to try to make it happen. Oh, and wear Christmas a year. hat. I mean, I think, I think I would be in hog heaven. But I will say what I loved about that is every man like took that seriously and like oh you gotta be fresh oh you can see somebody's like just personality shine through how they dress and that was just the best for me it was like there was not like a not beautiful person there yeah i mean it was also in la so you're in the land of beautiful people so that's that's also tough true but i mean (laughs) (laughs) okay but the best part was and i think that's when when I met you was when you get to go stomp the divots. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd never been to pull a match before. And I was like, this is so cool. I met you took a smoking hot boomerang with you. And Fun. then I also danced with Dean from the bachelor bachelorette. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, you there were, you I thought you were hanging out with him. I, I don't think so. I make, I make random friends yeah, wherever I go, but they're like, five-hour friends like it's we'll be the best of friends and then we'll be like all right see is you that what you categorize it we were like five minute we were like five minute friends yeah we were and then yeah. we and then we kept in touch we and you were You're a good little. follow i will say that so if my listeners Thanks. do want to follow you how do they find you i don't think we did intros at the beginning but my name is josh some people call me jay on just gq on the travel guys podcast the only podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can follow me at GQ50 on Instagram, 
at the travel guides on Instagram and at the travel guides on TikTok as well. Oh my God, just like butter. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue, just rolls off the tongue. Oh my God. And also I'm taking a picture of you with your little pooch right now because it's so cute. Oh my God, adorable. Thank you, Josh. I absolutely. appreciate you. You are such good energy. Likewise, likewise. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there's going to be more follow-up questions. Once these ladies hear your advice, they're going to be like, we want more. <laughs> Let me know. I will throw them I will throw them on my story. I will answer whatever they want. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, so thank you. That was so fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Such a Catch. Please don't forget, if you want to tune in during the holidays, you can do so on You're Such a Catch Unfiltered by making a small pledge at www.youresuchacatch.com backslash unfiltered. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The next time you hear from me, it'll be 2021, our year. Our year.